Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher. It was a smiling through Dinsick, uh, refreshed from the morning tea. Looking very good today, true. So we're going to talk about baseball uh, as we move further and further away from the NFL season, uh, or he's shifting into baseball mode. We're going to talk about a lot of futures. We're going to welcome in uh, Jared Smith from Fox Sports Radio to talk about some National League prices uh, and also the MVP and Cy Young markets. But firstly, Drew, how are you? How did you enjoy the abomination of the All-Star game? Uh, that happened? Oh, I missed it. Oh, oh bummer. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was real bad. Uh, although this is a fun sports weekend for those of us who uh, partake in the country club sports. I don't know if you saw, but Miss uh, Iga Shiantek comes through uh, the Doha Open with uh, you know, looking absolutely invincible. Um, scary for everyone else on tour as we head into the slower hard courts and then onto the clay. Best of luck if you had any hopes of uh, taking home a trophy that Iga is in the field with you uh, between now and I don't know grass season. <laughs> like this is this is going to be uh, an interesting stretch for her. And then uh, of course on the men's side, you know it really you know re- you really want to enjoy your Sunday. Flip on uh, Carlos Alcaraz, just a you know just finding a way to punish Cam. Nori, that was awesome. Loved uh, seeing Alcaraz back in uh, in top top gear, and uh, great title for him in Buenos Aires. He heads to Rio de Janeiro now, and uh, most of my morning this morning has been spent handicapping Rio de Janeiro because it's a pretty fun field. Honestly, um, we get to see if Team continues to take some steps forward here as he's coming back off of injury. He looked lively at times before going out in Buenos Aires last week. Uh, I would really like to see him make a, a decent run here, uh, and uh, yeah, a couple of interesting challengers also coming uh, into this Rio Open, which is always a fun tournament. A lot of rain delays and cancellations, so be patient if you're betting it. But um, yeah, I'm fired up for a week of tennis betting. Like it. Yeah, I uh, I bet some Cam Nori at plus 900 each way. Um, (laughs) Oh, sorry. uh, Oh, each way. way. Each way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So he's the Dodge Alcaraz. Um, so I think that that that's my play there. I bet Yannick Sinner um, mm. in the tournament just gone uh, at fourteen to one, uh, which was a ridiculous price, and gets into the final. And then Yannick Sinner's his way into a loss from the setup. Uh, I don't know what it is about Sinner. As soon as the, it gets tight, it feels like the forehand gets a little bit loose, uh, which is very frustrating. Also very frustrating is uh, Russell Westbrook is signing with the Clippers. It's just been announced. I'm going to the ticker, which uh, makes me feel worse about my Clippers futures. 
I don't understand that at all. Uh, Bench unit looked really good <laughs> with Eric Gordon and Mason Plumley. Uh, I just th- I think Ross is uh, is close to done, but uh, maybe a little oh, little yeah. run of man of the year again for Russell Westbrook. But I think he might actually start, which is the issue. I don't I don't like this move at all, Drew. I assume you don't either. No, I thought you were coming with um. I you know now my uh, my son's uh, Pacific Division is under pressure, but no, you went the other way of now. You know Russell Westbrook is going to cook the Clippers, and yeah, if, if this is a move because they wanted uh, you know one more name star, uh, even though his contributions, but doesn't feel like the adults are in charge in LA, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it's madness. Makes me feel a lot less good about my Norm Powell six-man-of-the-year position uh, as well. That can only hurt, uh, I think, him with just the usage that Russ takes up. Um, but good news for, for Tyrese Maxey and Malcolm Brogdon in that market. We'll, we'll get into it as soon as it becomes clear what Russ's role and usage is going to be if he's actually playing 30 minutes a game, uh, which is would be a real shame because Kawhi Leonard is, uh, is back to being Kawhi Leonard. All right, let's welcome in uh, Jared Smith, Good friend of Russell Westbrook uh, <laughs> Radio. Uh, also doing some work from Vason all around the place out in Las Vegas. Jared, it's good to have you here. Let's uh, let's dive right in. Uh, National League. Um, I think a lot of these prices that we're going to talk about are pretty vulnerable. Uh, not a lot of liquidity in the market yet. Let's start with the NL East, the Braves mm-hmm. and uh, the Mets. Now the Mets, no longer the plucky underdog uh, in New York. That would be uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, they are the joint favorites for the NL East at plus 135 on points bet. The Phillies are plus 290, fresh off their World Series appearance. So they're going to have to do it without Bryce Harper for a lot of the season. And then the Marlins, uh, 50 to 1. And then the Nationals, you can write your own ticket. What's, uh, what's your handicap of the NL East, Jared? Well, in terms of the win totals, they've got the second highest, I guess, power rating, uh, you know, in terms of the combined win total. So it's going to be a really good division again this year. No surprise, Mets and Braves right at the top. The one thing that I like to keep an eye on, especially when we get to this stage very early on, big picture is kind of the way that I like to look at it. And this division, I'll be honest, I I think at the top with the Braves and the Mets, it's going to be really hard to not see one of those teams make it to at least the NLCS. Um, and I would put the Phillies in that category too. And the reason why the Phillies, I think maybe have a little bit of value, uh, is because the Bryce Harper injury and, you know, maybe they're being underpriced just a little bit. And in each of the last two seasons, you had a team that was either the loser in the world series or the loser in the LCS win the world series the following year. So that would obviously be the Phillies and the Yankees this year. Um, and that would be, a, 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 I would say, a, an, an intriguing market uh, for the Phillies to win the World Series at around 15 to 1. Because you do have, again, uh, Trey Turner coming in, who I think is going to be fantastic this year. And, and maybe just a little bit of underpricing because Harper's going to miss eh, about half of the season. But just what we've seen, if the Phillies can you know, do what they did last year, which is underachieve for the first half and then you know, make a run in the second half. I don't know if Harper being out for those first 50 or 60 games or so is really going to have an impact on, on the full picture for them. But obviously one of the toughest divisions in baseball, um, I would say the Mets are dangerous too, because they're going to be willing to spend an ad at any point, especially when we get closer to the deadline. But I think the Phillies pricing wise would be the way to go here for me. Yep. I think that makes sense. And I think that one thing with the Phillies, it's weird. Trey Turner is, is almost underrated. uh, And he's projected by some systems as, the best player in the NL in terms of projected war. And he is going to help, I think, bridge the gap a ton um, until Harper gets there. And then they've got a ton of upside. It's just that they are, they're coming from, 
from so far back in terms of the Mets and the Braves when you're missing Harper for that stretch. So if they can keep pace, then I think that's interesting. But Jared, is there a team between the Mets and the Braves that you like? Uh, they have the same price at the moment. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Mets just because the the, the willingness to spend that I think Steve Cohen's going to have. And again, there there is no there is no price that he will not like if he thinks that they that they can go out and get a guy and they have to spend an exorbitant amount to get him, whether it's a contract situation that they have to absorb at the deadline or even if it's a free agent that pops up over the next six weeks or so. Yeah, I, I think the Mets are, are a team that the, the, there's upside to that number because of the splashiness that that the ownership group can have there. And I agree with you 100% on Trey Turner. So I was looking at all the war projections last night in the National League for the hitters. Juan Soto, out of the seven war projections I looked at, seven of them or five of them have Juan Soto and, and the other two have Trey Turner as, as the highest projected war for the upcoming season. So you want to throw Turner into the mix as an MVP candidate. I, I think that makes a lot of sense too. And there's upside to that number. I think I saw 10, 15 to one somewhere in that range and he's not the favorite. So I, I, I would say, I, I would say Turner and, and, and the Phillies are probably the best pricing upside that you could see, but I, it's hard not to take a hard look at the Mets because of, who their owner is and, and who they have at the top of their rotation. And I, I think they're going to be a team that'll probably add at some point, some kind of splash name. Yep. I think that makes sense. And I think also like the one thing that say like fan graphs projections don't bake in is upgrades or, or selling at the deadline and how um, that factors in, obviously you're just going off of the, the current rosters and the Mets are probably, I mean, the, the most likely team um, in the entire league uh, to make an upgrade if they need it at the deadline. Um, whereas, you know, we'll talk about teams like the Diamondbacks in the NL West, but, you know, they're not going to be, you know, trading for superstars at the deadline. So I think that's that's important to, to bake into the price. Um, Drew, what do you make of the, the NL East? Well, anyone who bet this market last year remembers it required patience. Um, yeah. There was wild swings as the year goes on, and it's a long baseball season. So I'm fine taking the strategy of grab the price in terms of the, the top three that have a realistic chance to win. Take the price on the Phillies at plus 300. If they get out to any kind of a hot start, then that's going one way. Um, and then try to scoop a little Braves uh, and probably pass on the Mets. <laughs> that's just that's just kind of the, the gut read I have on that team. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately, I think the Braves probably are the you know, just looking at like player strength and just the roster composition team that's built to kind of make a run. I would have I would tip Braves, but uh, price isn't quite good enough now. So I think the right call. Grab Phillies, be patient and look yeah. for a spot to buy Braves. Yep. I think I, I would probably lean Braves in the division just because they have a bit more depth than the Mets, even if the Mets can fortify with making moves at the deadline. But the Braves, I mean, their their level of depth, both at superstar level and they're being able to replace guys kind of deeper on the team. I mean, if they lose any guy, uh, you know, we've seen that Acuna wasn't himself last season and it just didn't matter yeah. because they've got Amazing. so much depth. They're bringing up guys like Michael Harris and Spencer Strider yeah. uh, going into two of the best players in all of baseball. Um, just one of the best organizations around. All right, let's talk about the NL Central. Uh, maybe the worst division in baseball, but <laughs> AL Central. Um, that nod, but I think it probably is the NL Central and the Cardinals. Uh, last year's champs, they are favorites at minus 125. Then the Brewers plus 175. The Cubs are plus 550. And then the Pirates and Reds, not 
particularly realistic, both 66 to 1. Uh, what do you make of this market, Jared? Yeah, again, in terms of the simple math and just adding up the win totals for, for each division, the NL Central's in the caboose uh, by a pretty significant margin, too, actually. And, and I think that's, that's the first thing you have to you know, kind of quantify because this division, now you have a different schedule format, whereas before you had, I think, 70 – it was like 76 games against your division, now down to 52 so instead of, you know, the Cardinals getting to feast on the Cubs and the Pirates and the Reds, you know, 19 times each, that, that's less. So I think that has to be baked in when you're doing win totals, when you're looking at the, the top division and the bottom division. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot harder for a team like the Cardinals to, to win 95 games this year because they're facing a, a much tougher schedule. So I, I, that being said, though, I, I don't see how St. Louis doesn't win this division. I'm very down on Milwaukee this year. I really hate what they just did to Corbin Burns, and I think he's going to be gone at the deadline. And I, I don't really see any chance for, for these lesser teams to make a run because they're just so bad. Uh, maybe the Cubs, you can make a case because the farm system's okay, but the Pirates and the Reds are just – look at those prices. I mean, I, I, you guys have been doing this longer than me. I don't recall division prices that long at, at this stage. I mean, that, that's just insane at 66 to 1 out of a five-team race there. So as much as the chalk doesn't interest me in terms of upside, it just I, I don't see how St. Louis, based off of the weakness that I see with Milwaukee and, and kind of the rest of the division just, just being bottom feeders, I, I don't know how St. Louis doesn't come, come on top with this one. We're only two years removed from the Giants cashing an NL West preseason price that was like in the 200 to one range. So it's crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. But uh, that said, I'm not making a case for the Pirates or the Reds. Uh, there's, <laughs> oh, you're you know, going to make a big, big case for one of those teams there after that one. <laughs> well, the, Red, the Reds have more raw talent, certainly. Pirates look uh, like they. this is just another you know running back season for the yeah. Pirates. But um, no, the, the, Reds, the Reds could surprise. I don't mind taking a price on the Cubs. You mentioned it. The Cubs have depth in the farm system. Yeah. They could, uh, you know, they they need some surprises in the pitching department because that lineup looks like they're going to score some runs. They're going to get four or five runs on the regular. Uh, they just need to be able to hold their opponents under six. Um, and right now, with the way that that pitching staff is lined up, they need help uh, pretty quickly. But 550 is a, a decent kind of long shot-ish price uh, to see if the Cubs finally put something together. They definitely, you know, they, they made some financial investments in the club, which is always a good sign um so you know who knows yeah i think the cardinals are the bet here at minus 125 no it's not a lot of fun tying up minus yeah. 125 for seven months but at the same <laughs> time uh, i think that is the value i think it should be more like minus 150 wow. i think the brewers if the, everything goes right for the brewers in terms of health and those guys at the top of the rotation, guys like Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, et cetera, if they all stay healthy and you're getting 30-plus starts out of all of them, then maybe, yes, they win the division. But it just it falls apart very quickly for the Brewers, uh, whereas the Cardinals have got, I think, more certainly more offensive star power at the top and then just more depth. Like they don't – guys like Nolan Gorman, they don't even really need Nolan Gorman this season. If he pops, if he is all of a sudden a three-, four-war player, which is – definitely possible then just the rich get richer so i think the cardinals are definitely the play um in the nl central let's jump to the nl west which is a bit more wide open than usual most years you see at least of late the dodgers would be minus 500 or so to open the season they're not this season they're minus 150 obviously they lost trey turner 
Uh, not the juggernaut quite that they look like in years past where their win totals were, you know, inching around 100. The Padres, uh, fresh off beating the Dodgers in the playoffs, they're plus 135. And then a couple of long shots who I think are both somewhat appetizing at their current prices. And that's not the Rockies, but the Giants and the Diamondbacks, San Francisco 11 to 1 and the Diamondbacks 50 to 1. Uh, what do you like in this division, Jared? Yeah, I think Arizona, especially farm system has been fantastic. And, you know, we'll get to it when we get to the award markets, but it's like a perennial bet for me on Zach Gallon to win the Cy Young just because of the upside that he has there. I, I think the Padres are, are a very dangerous team too. And, and you kind of nailed it, Jay. You know, you're getting a price now that the market's kind of telling you that this division's open for business, whereas in years past, it, it really hasn't been. So I, I think San Diego, if, if, if you can kind of get Juan Soto to perform to what the projections are saying, and again, we said I said it a little earlier about you know about seventy five percent of the the Fangraphs projections have him as as the highest wins above replacement this year among National wow. League hitters. So I, again, if if that's the guy that that's going to carry the team, and of course the rest of the talent up and down the roster, I mean you name it, they've got an all star at almost every position. You are getting an underdog price on them, even though it, it's it's a little bit tighter than than, than maybe I would have liked. In prior years with the Dodgers kind of, you know, gobbling up most of the equity in this division, I, I would say San Diego would 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 be a bet for me. Ooh, fun, fun, fun handicap. Yeah. Um, basically, I just kind of want a Dodgers no price at plus 150, <laughs> right? Yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Feels feels like uh, there's some someone's going to pick their pocket this year. Um, kind of just weird vibes all around what's going on with the Dodgers. And, you know, after as incredible a regular season as they had last year to flame out so spectacularly in the playoffs and then uh, really not give the lineup any kind of a pop in the offseason was a weird move. So, um, you know, pick your pick your favorite, uh, you know, long shot, I think. Put some of that in your pocket, see if they can get off to a hot start. And then, uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, if it is the uh, the Padres, I don't think any of us are going to be surprised just considering who they have at the top end talent there. Um, is there uh, just sort of in general uh, a, a win total that really catches your eye in this particular market? Well, what's the Padres total? That would be the one I, I would look to the over. And then the card, I mean, the uh, Diamondbacks as well. Um, Padres right now, uh, plus 100 over 93 and a half wins. Yeah, that's, I, I, it was funny because I, I, was, I was at one of the shops here in town and, and, and they, were, they were showing me their, their, their win totals. And it looked like Dodgers and, and Padres were on the same rung, like on the same tier, which I thought was very surprising. Um, you know, I think they were one win apart. I think it was 95 and 94 for the Dodgers and pirates at one of the local shops here in town. That's, that's pretty good at doing this. So I, I would say over on the Padres. I don't know if I'm willing to bet under on the Dodgers because again, the one, th the, I think the schedule is really going to impact the win totals this year. Whereas the Dodgers usually would have to face the Padres 19 times. Now you only have to face them 13 times. You know, they're going to get to face yeah. the NL Central and the That's American League Central. You know, all 30 teams face each other this year. I think that is an interesting curveball pun intended with the win total markets i don't know if that's fully baked in at this point yeah i think particularly with the awards stuff um i mean last year i bet on basically every nl mvp candidate except for paul goldschmidt just faded god i thought his price was just wrong and then just spent the entire season writing nolan arenado at 50 to 1 uh and just watching goldschmidt just beat up on reds mm. pitching um on pirates pitching yeah. on cups pitching and uh, and it was uh, absolutely brutal there was just no way in um unfortunately arenado couldn't uh, punish the pitching to the 
same extent. But yeah, I think that 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 is a really interesting wrinkle, and um, certainly skews over for these these yeah. juggernauts um, in the NL West. I think the Giants as well are probably being a little bit slept on um, just off the basis that they were, you know, they did win the division two years ago. Uh, they were a 100-plus win team. They are a really well-run organization. Now, their win total is only 80 and a half. To me, that's too low. I just think that they... Uh, maybe more than any team in the division have a certain amount of depth and competence where if they have three guys go down, it just doesn't really matter because they don't have any superstar players after missing out uh, on Carlos Correa. And I think that, that that's the win total that, that leaps out to me. I don't think in terms of 11 to 1 to win the division, a lot of models will say that that is value. But I think the problem is, is that there's just not the talent on the team to be pushing, you know, above 95 wins, I think. And I think that you're just, you're banking on one of the Padres or Dodgers at least kind of popping. And if you're looking for a long shot, I think Arizona's upside um, is probably a bit more enticing at, at 50 to one. But what do you think of the Giants, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think the rotation's a little better. Manai and, and, and Stripling, you know, kind of solidify the middle of that rotation a little bit. I love the bullpen. Um, they bring in Conforto. So they did get, you know, they didn't miss that on Correa, but they did bring in a bat that at least has a little bit of upside there. I, I don't have a problem with San Francisco. I, I think the park they play in is unique. And again, that schedule, you're going to have a lot of teams going to San Francisco that never played there before. And, and, and that gives an advantage to them. I'm, I really am interested when I was, when I was diving into this last week, th- that schedule and these teams that are going to be going into these new locations this year, it's going to make it game to game very interesting as well. But on the long on the long haul, the teams that play in those unique areas of the country that are a little bit tougher to travel to, like San Francisco, clearly, um, I would say there's upside on the win total over the long haul of a 162 game season. Yep, I think that makes sense. All right, before we talk about make miss playoff markets and the pennants, just a reminder: if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend. By predicting what will happen in the Premier League and college basketball. Premier League heating up. Dramatic win for my Gunners. Uh, <laughs> looked like it looked like it was all over. It looked like it was done 2-1, just kind of right off the, the title challenge, but they are back. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Let's talk about playoff markets make miss anything that leaps out to you jared in terms of prices 
I didn't look, I didn't love anything here. And, and again, I think a lot of it is because of the way that the, the playoffs are constructed. It's harder to bet a miss because there's more teams now. So I don't know how fully baked in that is to the market, but I think the Brewers, again, I, I, we just talk, we discussed it with the win total, uh, you know, and, and how I feel about their overall picture. Um, I'm just down on them as a franchise this year because of how they treated their best player in the offseason over like a $500,000 arbitration. Like they're just overall, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't understand it. And I, I think he's going to be gone um, at the deadline. So it, it, the Brewers to miss at minus 130. And again, they have a, t- they have a tailwind this year because they don't get to face the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs, you know, 19 times each. You know, they have to go out and they have to face the Yankees in a series. They have to go face the Blue Jays in a series. They have to face the Dodgers a little bit more. You know, so that to me, I, I think the Brewers under 85 and a half wins would be the, the only one. Um, and the miss the playoffs at minus 130 would be the only make miss or win total bet that I'm really targeting this year. Because big picture, I just I, I do not I do not. I'm not bullish on, on, on what Milwaukee did. That, uh, that it, you know, there is a weird stench coming from that part of yeah. uh, you know the world of baseball, and I, I, I I'm picking it up too, taking a little bit of too, a little too much of their organizational management uh, tips from the Packers, I guess. But whatever the case is, the um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what's going on there when the cheese? I don't know, it's, man. It's uh, yeah, only one team point. making it from the central, though. I feel like you could probably write in pen. Um, and that means there's going to be opportunity for teams in the West, uh, particularly yep. down the board. Um, I guess I'll pitch this to Jay because Jay made such a compelling case and actually has me scratching my head. Why are the Giants 80 and a half? Um, but uh, do you like Giants at uh, two to one to make the playoffs better than over 80 and a half, Jay? Or are you going to just stick with the, the win total there? No, I think I'd probably stick with the win total just because I think there are a lot of scenarios where they do end up 84, 85 wins or even oh, less yeah. and then uh, go over but don't make the playoffs. My favorite bet, though, in the make-miss market uh, is in that division, and it's the Dodgers at uh, plus 650 miss. There are some Fangraphs projection models that have that closer to plus 300, which I think wow. is, again, underrating the potential where if it does go south, uh, then they do have a lot of levers to pull in terms of um, adding guys. And this is the thing where, uh, you know, when you fade, absolute uh, financial uh, juggernauts like the Dodgers or when you bet against, uh, you know, if you bet against Manchester City to make the top four or something (laughs) where you're not making in that if it starts to go wrong, they're going to start to buy and trade for more players effectively. So that's always the issue. But I do think that just with the talent in the division, the fact that, you know, the NL, certainly in the East and West is more stacked than usual. And I think that it is conceivable that, you know, between the, the Padres, the Giants, the Braves, the Mets, the Cardinals, like the, I think there are enough teams that maybe the Dodgers can be pushed out. Um, whereas, in, you know, in previous years, um, you could just write your own ticket uh, on the Dodgers. But I do think they are a little bit vulnerable to the point where plus 650 uh, is a little appetizing. Um, what do you think of that, Jared? Any, any chance? I think there's always a chance. It's baseball, right? Anything can happen. So I'm looking at the standings from last year. Giants 81 wins just missed the playoffs. Um, and I, I think that's kind of the right. That's like the floor for them this year. And you had the Phillies at 87 wins that made the playoffs and the Brewers just missed at 86. So you're kind of looking at 85, 86, 87 wins kind of in that range of what you might need to make the postseason. So I like your handicap because the win total is obviously lower than that. So there's a chance that they could kind of thread that needle where they go over their win total, but still miss the playoffs. Man, I it, it I feel like with the Dodgers, there is there has to be the sh- like the other shoe at some point has to drop. 
But I just don't know if it's this year because of the rest of the division and the fact that they're going to get to face some of these other teams a little bit more in, in like, let's say, the AL West or the AL Central. And they don't have to face the Padres or the Giants 19 times. So, (sighs) man, Dodgers – let's just leave it at this. If the Dodgers do miss the playoffs, I will be – I will be sending you a gift basket or actually you should be sending me a gift basket, <laughs> but that is going to be one of the more, if, if you call the year that the Dodgers regression finally hits, it's impressive stuff. So <sighs> they're telling us they're telegraphing it a little though. They are, you know, sure. they're t- they're kind of saying this is a year we're going to take our medicine. Um, there's not like the a big TV. So good, though. That's the thing it is. Me. It is. But at the same time, like what a good year to like not, give away assets to bring in a guy on a one or two year rental, right? Like it, yeah. it does this, this does feel like sort of a, Hey, we need these guys. We need to get them out the door. We need to bring the new guys up. Uh, you know, we need to take our, take our medicine, take our lumps here. Now, if the new guys that come up are just instant, instant, uh, difference makers, like then, we're, then we're having a, uh, yeah, then we'll have a good laugh about this. <laughs> but at the same time, like there is a whiff of, uh, of take your medicine from the Dodgers yeah. this year. Yeah. And just quickly, in terms of the NL pennant, I think the best bet on the board is the Cardinals at 11 to 1. I think the market always fails to take into account just the path to getting uh, home field, to getting into the playoffs with just that easy division. I mean, I think that's, that's a much better bet than, you know, the... The Mets at plus three fifty. You have to get past the Braves to be able to even have home field at all in yeah. the playoffs. So I think the Cardinals. I think that you know they've got some upside in the rotation with some of their young guys, and also with if Jack Flaherty's ever gonna you know look like the guy who looked like he'd be one of the five best pitchers in the league at one point, uh, being at anything close to that. And they've got you know a ton of star power. Uh, believe in the offense and more just believe in the path. I don't think they should be eleven to one when they are. You know, outside of the Dodgers, they're the shortest favorite for the division um, in the NL across the three divisions, and they're what the sixth favorite for the NL. I just don't think that that coat is. So I think the Cards are the best bet. Um, any anyone that you like in that market, Jared? Yeah, Phillies to me, and we talked about it off the top. Just you know, with the pricing, you know, Harper being out for the first three three months, two and a half three months, and and just what they have at the top of the rotation. Uh, Aaron Nola is the guy that that I was kind of targeting to 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 be the 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 Cy Young. I don't want to say long shot, but let's say mid range guy because he's. His his WAR projections um, pretty high on on Fangraphs as well, right up there with Corbin Burns. So I, I think the Phillies, if they can figure out a way to overcome the lack of of Bryce Harper for a couple months, um, that's a price that if they can make some headway in that division early, you know, I, I do think there's some upside there. Yep. Okay. Before we get into MVP and Cy Young, a reminder to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. 
New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369. In New York, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867. In Louisiana. All right, National League MVP, market that was close to my heart in 2021 with Bryce Harper winning from 120 to 1 and uh, was my biggest ever loss last season. Um, just rating Paul Goldschmidt uh, until I could no more. Uh, and, then, uh, and then he wins uh, in a romp in the end because uh, I'll go to my grave thinking that if Manny Machado didn't do his ankle and uh, kind of missed a couple of weeks, then came back a little bit too soon. Uh, if he didn't do that, I think he would have won, but we'll never know. Anyway, Juan Soto is the favorite at plus 500. Mookie Betts, 8 to 1. Uh, the mercurial Fernando Tatis Jr., 10 mm. to 1. Paul Goldschmidt, who's not going to win uh, at 10 to 1. <laughs> uh, Manny Machado, Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's a pretty loaded top of the board. Uh, where I want to start with this, Jared, it's just I. The thing that's most interesting to me in this market is that the vast majority of projection systems have Juan Soto, the best player in the NL, by margin. And so it's kind of a question of how short can he be? Uh, And is plus 500, is that short enough, do you think? I I think it's fair. Let's just leave it at that. Because, again, when you have almost – it's basically consensus. I mean, I looked at seven – you know, the seven fan graphs projections, and and he's got the highest war in five of them. So it's it's relatively consensus that he's going to be the best player in baseball this year, at least according to the analytics. And let's be honest, the analytics we see in the NBA, I mean, they are driving what the media is voting for with these awards. So it's really hard to ignore that. But – then you also have to take the price, you know, sensitivity into consideration. And there's really probably not a lot of upside to this number. So I would be willing to bet this number, but maybe just not now, because I think you're going to get a similar price on Soto when we can get at least a little bit of context in the early part of the regular season. And, you know, maybe he's, you know, suffers some kind of nick or bruise in, 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 in spring training, or maybe there is some kind of injury early on that gives us a little bit more value. But I do think over the long haul of the season, it's hard to ignore those fan graphs projections because really at this point, that's all we have. You know, there's not a lot of context to add to these numbers at this stage before we even really get to, to spring training games. So I would say the Soto price is probably fair, but I'm, I'm willing to be patient on it. Yeah. If I'm going anywhere in this market outside of Soto, it's youth. 
you know, try to yeah. bet on someone who really does exp- like break onto the scene uh, even more so than uh, what we've seen in years past. But uh, you know, that's, that is uh, in and of itself, picking the guy is, is a, as an art. I don't have any bets in this market so far. JG, anything? Uh, I think with NL MVP, it's an interesting market opposed to AL because it's NL is a lot flatter where I think the AL is just kind of poison because Shohei, I think Shohei should just be close to even money to win MVP every year until proven otherwise. Because, I mean, last year it took a guy hitting 62 home runs to beat him in what was, at least in the media coverage, considered a close race. In actuality, it probably never really was because of Judge's numbers. But I just think that Shohei and, to a lesser extent, Judge are just anchoring that market so much that it's just very difficult to get there. Um Evens a bit aggressive. I'd say Shohei should be plus 150, that type of range. Um, and it's basically just a bet on health and then a guy not hitting 62 home runs. In this market, I think the best way to play this is that the market typically overreacts to the first couple of weeks of the season. Like Nolan Arenado moved into a ludicrously short price after a really hot start last year. In the end, it, it turned out that he was really in the mix. But I would wait until, you know, say that uh, someone like Acuna or Betts or, or Arenado, if they start off really cold for two weeks, um, just remember that, you know, two weeks of a baseball season is nothing. Yeah, uh, and right. can get swallowed up really quickly. And if the market overreacts and all of a sudden, two weeks into the season, Ronald Acuna is 30 to one, um, then that's just absurd. And so yeah. I would probably wait for that uh, and just fade basically whoever gets the really hot start. Yeah. Soto, uh, Soto is, is difficult because. I bet some Soto at plus 700, at plus 500, I probably wouldn't get involved um, at that point. Uh, it's just, it's so short. There's so many guys uh, and you can probably just get a look uh, at how he starts the season before yeah. jumping in at those prices. And, and really, if you're betting this market, you're hoping that the MVP is not Juan Soto because yeah. uh, he is the one guy who could really, if he starts off hot and then he gets into plus 300 and then you just never get a look at the market. Um, yeah. But I think you just have to fade. Soto, uh, so hard to go wire to wire in this one though. MVP yeah. is the one that you just very rarely see wire to wire. Yeah, Acuna is interesting too. I mean, coming off the injury and he was he looked great. I saw he won like the Venezuelan home run derby. Like he looked fantastic. So I'm curious how he kind of gets back into form early on. But that's a name with the Braves being a high upside team under the rate. It's hard to call him under the radar, but because of the injuries and because of what he's coming off of, maybe that is a guy that starts a little bit slow getting back into form and then you can pounce on him at a better number. Yep. Uh, Trey Turner, who we talked about 15 to one. I think that's probably, I mean, we've mentioned it before. I think that is probably um, as uh, Johnny VTV friend of the show notes that um, 15 to one to produce in a good lineup since Harper is done for the first half of the year. I agree. I think the stolen base stuff, I think is a little bit overblown, but at the Mm. same time, Turner will benefit from it. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, he's pro- some systems have him projected to be the number one war player. Uh, yep. And baseball now, I think, is sophisticated enough in terms of the coverage that if you lead the league in war, that's a pretty good starting point to win MVP. Just the last guy in this market um, is Fernando Tatis, who I would not be touching right now at 10 to 1. But this is something where if no one of the top guys really jumps out of the gate, uh, if Juan Soto doesn't have you know, 10 homers in the first 20 games. And it's kind of, you know, everyone's starting from a relatively similar spot 20 games in. Then Tatis, 
who from that point probably projects as the best player in the league. So I think that's something to monitor. If a book kind of, if you get a trader with an itchy trigger finger, it's like, oh, Tatis has, hasn't played 15 games yeah. in, who would have thought, um, and then drift him out to 25 to 1. I think that is definitely one to watch as well. I don't think he's going to be written off because of uh, everything swirling around him. If he has the best case, I think that he will win. Let's talk about Cy Young, which is pretty loaded uh, at the top of the board in a way that I think the AL isn't necessarily. Sandy Alcantara, uh, the reigning winner, is plus 450. Corbin Burns, plus 500. Verlander, Scherzer, Freed, Strider, Nola, Wheeler, and your man, Zach Garland. Uh, Jared, who do you like in this market? Yeah, I, I think some of the guys, especially Strider, because of just you know how young he is and, and, and the inconsistency there, I think that's that's a bit of a misprice. It, it's, it, it's hard for Scherzer and Verlander, I think, because of their health for the full seasons. I would be a little bit weary that they're going to be able to give you the full body of work over the long haul to kind of win this award. Um, and then Sandy, maybe some voter fatigue at the top. So that kind of brings me to Corbin Burns. And, and again, you talk about the motivation element to what happened to him in the offseason. And he really probably just wants to shove it up the Brewers. You know what right now? And I would imagine if he does get traded, it's going to be to, uh, to a contender. And, and, and that would give that, you know, a little extra spotlight to his stretch run. So I don't love betting a five to one this early on, especially with a volatile market like Cy Young. These guys only start every fifth day and and that makes it very hard, I think, and especially the injuries to the pitchers. I think it makes it very hard to avoid that. But I don't know how I don't how, how I don't get at least a little bit of Corbin Burns in my back pocket early um, because of the fan graphs projections and again the motivational element. Um, I, I think Aaron Nola is the other guy too. If, if we think the Phillies are going to be a team that's maybe a little bit undervalued, I think we need to get involved in their awards markets as well because I think those prices will probably uh, shorten throughout the course of the season if they do overachieve their number. Um, and Nola actually in one of the six fan projections that I, I was looking at last night, he actually does have the highest projected war. Um, so I would say those two guys, and then it's a perennial bet for me. I, I bet Zach Allen every year until he's going to win the award, and I hope one day he does because I'll finally be able to pay that off. But um, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a, I, I just like the upside with him, and and I know the team he plays on, but maybe Arizona's a little undervalued this year as, as we discussed. But last year he was top six in every category that we look at, ERA, strikeouts, whip, war. I mean, it, and, and again, not a guy that – you would think is going to be the one of the best pitchers in baseball every year because of the team he plays for, but I, I just love his stats. I love his stuff. So I would say Burns, Nolan, Gallon would be the three in this market. I would target early. Yep. I think, uh, the, the main guy I've bet in this market is Brandon Woodruff. Uh, I got some 40 to one, took some 30 to one as well. I think 25 to one a points bet. I mean, uh, Zips at Fangraphs has him projected as uh, number three in war um, in the NL with an ERA sub three. He's been in the mix a couple of years ago before. Yeah. I agree. I think I think Corbin Burns should be the favorite over Sandy. Uh, I think that Burns got a little bit unlucky last season. It was still right in the mix. I mean, Zach Garland looked like he was going to win it uh, very briefly at the end of last season where he's gone on that ridiculous streak. Um, but I think Burns, 5-1, to one, I'd stay away. But, you know, if he has a rocky first couple of starts and gets into double digits in the first couple of weeks of the season, then I think uh, I think that's absolutely a play. Um, Drew, anyone that you like in, in this market? I, I, tell, I tailed our guy Johnny on Hunter Green, 100-1. to one. Um, Oh, wow. Best stuff in the majors. And if uh, Sandy Alcantara taught us anything last year, you don't need to play for a winner to win Cy Young. You just Good need point. stuff. And Hunter Green has stuff. That guy, I mean, you know, he's going to be, uh, you know, what, 
how, how many times are you going to, you know, fill the, fill the sports center gap in the middle of the summer with just highlights of some of his strikeouts and hundred, you know, hundred mile an hour pitches and stuff. So uh, that'll be fun to, to cheer for. And uh, who knows, maybe he'll win. Yep. I like that ton of upside there. I also yeah. back Nick Lodolo at a hundred to one. Uh, Ooh, whoa, teammate, where he's some, uh, some projections <laughs> have him projected above green. They're in the same neighborhood, but I think Lodolo changed something with his curveball towards the end of last season. I, at which point it was just night and day, his performance. And so that's always something to look into when someone, someone's has like made a specific change with a pitch and then just thrived in the last six weeks of the season when no one's watching the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, and I think that, yeah, to, to your point, Drew. Team performance doesn't matter. And then also, to your earlier point, Jared, around Corbin Burns potentially getting traded, I think Max Scherzer, when he got traded to the Dodgers, he would have won Cy Young if he didn't blow up in his last two starts in 2021. He gave up like 10 runs in the last two starts, went from favorite to dead. But he showed that getting traded midseason I just don't think it matters for Cy Young. It's just purely who the best pitcher is. There's no value component in the word uh, around the award. So I think that, yeah, if I wouldn't worry about anyone getting traded uh, if you bet on them. All right, Jared, this was fun. A lot of info. Yeah. Go ahead and, uh, and fade the Brewers, back the Cardinals, uh, and back everything else that you've said. <laughs> Fine. Can you tell people where to find you and your content? Yeah, uh, every Saturday, Fox Sports Radio, uh, 6 to 9 Pacific, and then various segments on VEASAN uh, and Bally Sports doing uh, all kinds of fun gambling content. So even though football season ends, right, it, it, the, the the show goes on, as they say. <laughs> yep, keeps on going. You can follow Jared at Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. Thank you, Jared. Appreciate you. Right, Drew, uh, as we wrap up, uh, anything that you're on tonight? Uh, looking for uh, Nicola Jerry, a Chilean uh, player, uh, to give a, give us an upset in uh, in Rio de Janeiro. That's maybe my fam- favorite uh, bet on the board in the tennis market. You can get him at plus one seventy five range. I make his fair price about plus one thirty today. So let's go, Jerry. Let's get okay. the upset, Jerry. Very good. All right. What a note to wrap up on. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, and please subscribe and rate us if you're listening to us in podcast form from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Thanks again to Jared Smith. We'll be back tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.